0: But as you look at that, you see that cross and you see Jesus hanging on that cross. Why did he hang on that cross? For the forgiveness of sins. That he could pay that price that we could never pay. So when you think about 70 times 7 and I'm supposed to forgive somebody, that's nothing. How many times have I had to go to him and ask for forgiveness? How many times have you had to go to Jesus and say, Lord, forgive me? I'm sure that it's more than 490 times. But see, that's how much he loved us. That's how much he loves us. That he would do that for you and for me. So how much greater would it be or how awesome would it be if we too as we're supposed to emulate Jesus, how much greater would it be if we could just learn to forgive one another? Now, I'm not saying you're gonna forget, but you can forgive. We need to forgive. All of us need forgiveness. Romans 3.10 said, there's none righteous. No, not one. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the hope comes in Romans 5.8, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and me. All of us are sinners. All of us make mistakes. And we, we want forgiveness. But are we willing to give it? Are we really willing? We want it. We want it. Oh, please forgive me. But we're not willing to give it back out. Oh, no. No you hurt me, you hurt me, and I'm not going to forgive you. Oh, but what about when you hurt me? Well, that's different because don't you know it's all about me? So That's part of our problems that we're selfish. We're really selfish. We want it all our way. My way or the highway. That's sometimes our attitude. So when it comes to forgiveness, I'm not going to forgive you. All of us bring some hurt into the lives of others. None of us are perfect. For all you married couples or those soon to be married, (laughs) here's a little flash for you. There's no perfect husband and there's no perfect wife. But I gotta tell you this, without forgiveness, the marriage is doomed for destruction you have to learn to give and take you have to learn to roll with the punches one of the things i learned a long time ago is that is my relationship with this person more valuable than me getting my own way cuz i want my own way that's why i get upset that's why i get angry That's why I believe the number one reason we get angry is because we don't get our own way. Anybody else? Crazy, huh? Crazy how that works. The fact of the matter is that any true relationship, you and I are going to offend people. We're going to make bad choices. We're going to make mistakes. But here's the real question is this relationship. And I'll ask it one more time. Is it more important that I get my own way in this relationship? In your relationship with your family, do you really have to have your own way all the time? Isn't there any wiggle room? Isn't there any give and take? Isn't there any compromise? I'm not saying from the faith or any of those, I'm just talking about generalities. Because it's generally just a little splinter in your finger, so to speak, that'll end up dividing the whole family. I want to use a straight needle. I want to use tweezers. Oh my God, you offended me. I know that sounds ridiculous. But in this day and time, there's a lot of ridiculous things going on. There's a lot of ridiculous reasons why people are so upset with each other. And they're not getting along. Are you practicing forgiveness in your family? Matthew 5 9 says this Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Are you a peacemaker or a troublemaker? That's a pretty pretty good question. If I asked your wife or your husband or your family members, would they say, Oh the yeah, who's a peacemaker? Or would they say, Oh, he's a troublemaker? There's some things, there's some consequences to forgiveness. Some pretty heavy consequences. If you look with me in Matthew, chapter six. Let me back up a little bit. There's some definite consequences. This one here is the cake, man, I'm telling you. This one here. Sorry, it's a new Bible and uh, pages stick and all that. Matthew 6, 9. You'll know this. The title here over mine says the model prayer. Therefore you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors. you hear that? Forgive. As we also have forgiven our debtors. I don't know. The Lord tells us to forgive. And yet we want to hang on to these things. I, I, I'm guilty of it. I have to take a look at these things. When I look out over there, I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to me too. And I'm talking to you at home that are watching this on by your TV set. These are really important things. Our father will not forgive if we don't forgive. It's commanded that we must forgive. And yet we don't. I don't get it. I don't get it even in my own mind. Your Father will not forgive you. Number two, it brings unnecessary suffering into our lives. Pain, anguish, physically and emotionally and spiritually. When you run around with that unforgiveness in you, man, it's 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 almost like a cancer. It just wants to seek you out. It wants to tear you up and spit you out. And that unwillingness to accept forgiveness from ourselves and others can produce a deep depression that can even lead to drug, alcohol abuse as a means of escape. It can hinder your spiritual joy, your spiritual growth, and rob you of your joy. There's a story of a mother-in-law once attended a prayer meeting and requested prayer on, behalf, on her own behalf She said, I have found it impossible to forgive my son-in-law for the hurt he has inflicted upon my daughter and her children. I have lost the joy of my salvation because of my inability to forgive him. Please pray for me. I'm just wondering, is there anyone in here tonight that can relate to the story of this lady They have relationships with family members who are just killing them because things don't change. They're almost to the point of hating. Hate will stop you from the ability to forgive. And it will tear you up. It will kill you. It will destroy you. I have a person that I've known all my life. Had a pretty rough childhood. A lot of things happened to him that probably shouldn't have happened to him. Had a father that passed away early in his life. Blamed God, blamed everybody else. He even blamed his dad for dying on him. Couldn't forgive him for leaving. Grew up, couldn't finish school. Couldn't hold a relationship, couldn't hold a job. Married multiple times, relationship to relationship alcohol to drugs and ends up in jail. That's what unforgiveness does to a person. When you harbor something for 40 years, when you keep that turmoil twisted up inside your gut for 40 years, that's what happens to your life. I'm telling you because I know it to be true. And for those of you who are sitting here tonight or watching by, by the television, don't do that to yourself. Forgive. You'll never forget, but you've got to forgive. Unforgiveness is the root to destruction. One of the roots to destruction. Maybe you have a family member or a close friend. Even tonight as we sit here and you're just thinking about that. Maybe they harmed you. Maybe they said something that offended you. Or maybe they did something that you didn't like. There's this thing called taking the higher road. And I'm not talking about being walked on or any of those things. It's called just taking the higher road. Because you can take that offense. Somebody can say something to you and you can take that little word and you can make it into this big thing. You can make it bigger than it really is. And it'll get you. It'll get you. Or you can do something about it. One of the things that really worked in my life is I kind of looked at the people that offended me and I don't know if this is right or wrong but it worked for me. As I looked at them and I just considered the source. A lot of times they didn't even know that they offended me or they did something to me that made me upset. And I'm sure it worked both ways. Cuz I tell you I'm no angel. I've offended a lot of people in my life. I've hurt a lot of people in my life. And forgiveness, forgiveness heals. It takes the pressure off to perform because you can actually be real again. But for my friend, there was a point of reconciliation. There was a point in time returned to Christ and accepted that full forgiveness that you see behind me on the cross. That is when the real healing took place. Because you have different eyes to look through. You don't look through the selfish eyes anymore. See, it's not all about me. And it's not all about you. We might say it's all about the family. Ultimately about God. But how can we walk together when we're stabbing each other in the back? How can we move forward the gospel when we can't live it out when we're going contrary to what he tells us to do so i want to change over just a little bit i want to get back i want to get back to the healing part for a minute and for those of you who you don't know that guy that I knew really well was myself. At least I thought I knew him. So I want to go over to Colossians chapter 3 for a minute. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. We've got to remember now that we have this new life in Christ. We're not in the world anymore. We're in the world, yes, but we're not of the world anymore. We've been grafted into the family of God, and we're all together here now. And so look at verse 1 of chapter 3 of Colossians. We're going to read through a little ways, and I'll make some comments along the way. Verse 1 So you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. We have been raised with Christ and we are now to seek those things above instead of seeking ourself, self-satisfaction, self-gratification. Number verse 2 says, set your minds on the things above, not the earthly things. See, that's a, complete opposite of what we were born into or raised into. The one with the most toys, the one who dies with the most toys wins was a great bumper sticker that I had for a long time. But Christianity, this family thing is so foreign until you get into it. Until you realize who you are because of what He did. It says in verse 3, For you died, and your life is hidden in Christ and God. When Christ, too, is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Verse 5, Therefore put to death what belongs in your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. Part of living in the flesh or living in those early days of our early, you know, pre-BC days, before Christ days, was living and pouring out things for the earth, earthly things, taking those in, loving those things. We once walked in them things. But now we are not. We are to put on the new man. That unforgiveness needs to go away and forgiveness needs to come on. Let's move down to verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen one, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing one another and what? Say it, church. Forgiving forgiving one another, if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has what? Forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. I don't know that it can't get any clearer than that. Now we are to forgive. We hold in that stuff that hurts us. We hold that in, and it becomes a weapon that the enemy uses to seek kill and destroy. He doesn't want us to be here tonight, fellowshipping together. I could say he knocked the microphone out of my ear, but I won't go that far. But you can't stop the Word of God going out. You can't stop it. The question is, what are you going to do with it when you get it? What are you going to do with God's Word? I asked a couple of questions when I first started this, man. you want a better relationship with your family and your friends? Have you wronged anybody? Has anybody wronged you? And I'm sure that everybody could raise their hand and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But are you going to continue to walk in that? Are we going to continue to be in turmoil and pain and anguish over these things? We are to bear one another and forgiving one another even as Christ forgave you and forgave me. I have a question. I have just one question. Pastor Michael would say it's all you get is one question. Which is better, to forgive a brother or to lose a brother? What do you think? I think I would rather keep my brother than to lose him. I think I would rather love my brother than to hate my brother. I think I would rather forgive him so that I can restore, or so the Lord can restore the relationship, the bond that we had together. We're family. We are family. I'm not so sure that we really try to hurt each other on purpose. Maybe sometimes we do, we get vengeful and things like that. But for the, for the most part, I don't think we really try to hurt each other, but we do. And when we do, we need to recognize it. We need to try to restore that relationship. How do, how do, we, do, how do we do that, Pastor John? How do, how do I restore that relationship? Very simple. least in word. Go back to Matthew 18, verse 15. Now I want to say one thing first before I read this is that we're talking about restoring a relationship of believers. It's a little bit different with non-believers, right? They don't have a standard. They don't have the, the, God, the Word of God as a standard by which to live by. So they're living in the behavior that we used to live in as non-believers, or the mindset, you might say. You know, my way or the highway, I'm right, you're wrong. If you don't like it, lump it or leave it. Stuff like that, right? So this is talking, and I'm, trying, I'm just trying to talk for us right here in this body. This is what we got right now. This is what we have. And we're to love each other and to care for each other. So it says in verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him in private. If he listens to you, you've won your brother. I think a lot of times we forget that and we just go and we want to choke him out. Or sock him up. Rock him, stop. Rock them, sock Beat them up. See, we don't think about going and talking to them and you know, just work it out, man. We just instantly fly off the handle. He says, if it listens to you, you've, you've won your brother back. You know, a lot of times we hurt people's feelings and we don't know it. And so we just, the person takes it and harbors it, resents it, festers, gets angry. And a lot of times, you know, I didn't even know that I offended you. But if you don't come and tell me sometimes, then it just keeps going on. And you don't understand why the guy avoids you or doesn't want to talk to you anymore or doesn't show up for breakfast or lunch with you like normal. It's because they're harboring stuff. You have to tell. You have to, sometimes you just have to tell a person, hey, what you said hurt my feelings or whatever the case might be, right? whole list of things that it could be. listens, but if he won't listen, but if he doesn't listen now, it says take one or two witnesses with you, so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. So if he doesn't listen to you the first time, or she doesn't listen to you, take somebody with you. That can attest, be a testimony to what happened. And then the hope again is that they're restored. The goal is always restoration. Ah, but there's a third step. This one is the tough one. If he or she doesn't pay attention to them, tell the church. Tell the church One of the things that we know is that a lot of churches don't necessarily follow through with church discipline or like church discipline because it makes people angry and sometimes they leave the church. A church discipline is important. If you have just a little bit of arsenic in a great big pizza, You don't want to eat that pizza. You don't want to hang out with that pizza. You don't want to put that in your stomach. If you have a little bit of cancer going on around you or a little bit of stuff going on around you, you don't want to be a part of that either because it'll end up eating you up. So sometimes the church has to get involved. I've been here 10 years, and it's just been a couple, three times. The church has actually been involved in church discipline, but it was very to the point, and the people had to leave the church because they were not willing to change. They were not willing to listen to the counsel of the pastors and elders. That was never the goal for the people to leave, never. Sometimes you just have to. And that's the way it is sometimes with relationships with people. Sometimes you just have to sever the relationship with the person because they can't see what they have done, don't want to make it right, just kind of throw their hands up in the air and turn around and walk away, and sometimes they just got to go. Sometimes they just got to go. Fact of the matter is, if they, if they really cared, they would be also seeking restoration as well. Remember, I talked about sometimes you just have to. Well, the scripture would say, "Turn the other cheek." Sometimes you have, just have to say, "How valuable, how important is that relationship to me?" As if it's important enough, you'll go the extra mile. Sometimes you just got to eat it. And, you know, when you, when you look at some of the things that go on in, in our relationships, even as I said before, they're, they're like this, right? They're really just a speck. They're really just a speck. But if you don't deal with them, then they become Massive. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what, I love you more than I love getting my own way. You were right. If it has no bearing on doctrine or, you know, you have one having to do something against God, what's the deal? Okay, fine. You can have green carpet. You can have yellow carpet. You can have blue walls. I don't care. Because the battle is not significant enough for us to sever our relationship with one another because we love each other, because we care about each other, because we want the relationship to work. Sometimes it's just better to give in and surrender your desires. Like I said before, take the high road. So tonight I have a couple more questions. I'm going to start winding it down, chain, probably another five minutes or so. So tonight, are you ready to have a better relationship with your family? Are you ready? How many of you are willing to change? How many of you are willing to say, I'm going to just turn the cheek? I'm going to say that this relationship is more valuable than getting my own way. Are you really ready to set your own desires aside for the sake of this relationship? You know, when I think, when I think of Christ and, I mean, He didn't have to do all that for us, for me. But He did it because His relationship or our relationship was more important. That's how much he loves us. We should have that same love for one another, that same care. Until you forgive, healing cannot take place. When I told you the story about the good friend, he held on to the bitterness, the resentment, the unforgiveness for 40 years. 40 years. That's why he couldn't keep a relationship. That's why he was on the road to self-destruction. You might even say he was on the road to hell until God intervened. For those of you tonight with broken homes, the healing starts here tonight. For those of you who have broken relationships, the healing can start tonight. For those of you who are on the road to destruction, the road can change tonight. Starts by recognizing it. Recognizing that you're harboring these bitter resentments. You might even be like me wondering, wondering back in the day, you know, why is my life always in turmoil? Why am I always under the gun about something? Why is it I can't hold a job? Why is it my wife is always angry at me? Why is it my friends don't want to hang out with me anymore? I don't know where you're at. You know I don't know where you're at when you leave the building. You have to do an internal search. You have to do an internal inventory, if you will, about what's really going on inside you. And then you have to decide what you're going to do about it. God is sitting right there. He's ready to help you forgive. He's ready to help you work through those times of trials and troubles and bitterness and anger and resentment and all those things that are distracting you from your walk with God. He's just sitting there waiting for you to cry out to Him. Lord, I I recognize, Lord, that I'm I'm on the path to hell. And I don't want to go there. So Lord, help me. Help me with my unbelief and help me with my Unforgiveness, and help me to forgive and help me to build better relationships and help me restore relationships that I've tore up. I don't know if that's you. I don't know if you're harboring something. But if you are, today's the day. Tonight's the night. You can make a change. God is saying, Hey, are you ready? I don't know if he's saying that or not. You get the idea, right? God is right there, waiting for each and every one of us to cry out to him. When I look out over the group here, I I see people that I know. And I believe that you have Jesus in your heart and and all that. But there are things that hold us back from receiving the full gamut of things that he has for us. He's got things he wants to do in all of our lives if we'll just let him. But there are these things that we do that hold him back. From the full blessings that he wants to pour out. I think he's pretty right on when he says, you know, if you don't forgive, I'm not gonna forgive you either. That's pretty that's pretty straightforward. That's shooting from the hip, right? I can't say it any better but you have to search your hearts. Only you can make that decision to change. Only you can make that decision to reach out to help try and restore a relationship. I'll share one more personal thing with you just for a second. I have a sister, two sisters. I have one sister that lives in Rancho Cucamonga and I have one sister that lives in Norco. Well, one's a half sister and one's a full sister. The one in Norco's a full sister. And she's 10 years younger. And so we didn't get along very well growing up and all that stuff. And, and uh, so it's, I haven't seen her in, I mean she lives in Norco like three miles from me. And I haven't seen her in Probably three or four years. And so that's part of this message is that God has been working on me to help restore that relationship. I got offended many years ago. And I took it to the extreme limit. And so a couple of weeks ago, I reached out to her and invited her to lunch to start the healing process. We met for lunch, and I was kind of nervous about it, but I got to tell you, it was great. It was absolutely a blessing because it took one step, one step of faith to reach out to a family member that we don't see eye to eye. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have a family member or close friend or whatever that you haven't seen in a long time because you got hurt along the way. Well here's a news flash. We all get hurt all the time. The question is what are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna let it destroy a relationship? I almost let it destroy my relationship with my sister. Thank the Lord that it's on the on the way to on the road to recovery. We'll put it that way. And I'm so grateful to God because He gives us those opportunities. Listen, we don't we don't know how many opportunities we have, do we? We're doing memorials right and left. We don't know how much time we have, any of us. There's no expiration date on the bottom of our feet. So we don't know the day or the hour that we're gonna go. So we need to do all that we can while we're here to proclaim the gospel, to keep our relationships intact, to move forward, to preach, to teach, to lead by example, rebuild our families, keep our families strong and healthy, inside the church and out. So tonight, I'm just going to leave you with this. We at Living Truth Christian Fellowship love you. We love you at home. We love you here in the, in the sanctuary. We want to see your lives to the full use, to the fullest possible thing through Christ. We want to see your lives restored. We want to see you living life to its fullest. But listen, we can't do that for you. We can't do that for you. You have to do some of the work yourself. Sometimes that's just Putting the things that we teach into practical application. If you have a family member that you're struggling with, invite them to lunch. If you need counseling for that stuff or help, give us a call. We do counseling, no charge. We would love to sit down with you and help you walk through the process. Don't go another day walking in the unforgiveness and the bitterness and the anger and the anguish. You're just going to get ulcers and headaches. You're just going to be upset all the time. Pray with me. Lord, we're so grateful for the forgiveness, Lord, that you gave us, the forgiveness of all of our sins past present and future. Lord, isn't it just a reasonable service, Lord, that we would emulate you, Lord, by reaching our family members and church member, church family, Lord, and and just have a loving, caring relationship with each individual, Lord. Yes, Lord, we're going to say things, do things accidentally, some on purpose, Lord, but help us, Lord, to practice forgiveness, Lord. Help us to move forward in the idea, Lord, of restoring a relationship and not, not to tear them apart or tear them up. We want to walk together. Lord, we want to walk together. So help us, Lord. I pray for those here tonight, those by television, Lord, that you would touch them, Lord, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. Lord, if they don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would receive you as their personal lord and savior lord that you would empower them lord to have this full life that only you can give this peace this power this understanding of a forgiveness lord that you pour out and give so freely may we give it freely as well so we give this night to you lord we give our lives to you thank you for everyone here We just give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.